This is Briar Klopp, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Greenbush, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Kuhn, and we'll have updates from Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor as well. The farm bill process can now ramp up with the release of the Congressional Budget Office baseline numbers An analysis by the House Agriculture Committee indicates spending for commodity programs will decline 12% from the 2018 Farm Bill. Mandatory spending for federal crop insurance is forecast to increase 26%. Conservation expenditures will go up 19%. Agriculture Committee Chairman Glenn G.T. Thompson responded to the CBO report saying farm policies need to be updated to address record-high input costs and volatile markets. According to the CBO baseline, mandatory spending on nutrition programs will increase more than 80%. Senate Ag Committee Ranking Member John Bozeman blames the Biden administration for what he calls a sloppy re-evaluation of the thrifty food plan. That plan serves as the basis for Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Programs, or SNAP, benefits. Bozeman said the administration's poor decision-making will drive the cost of the new farm bill to record levels and making the legislation a much heavier lift for Congress. Without action to raise the debt ceiling, the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office says the United States could default on its debt as soon as July. CBO Director Philip Swagel also reports the U.S. deficit totals $1.4 trillion. The federal debt held by the public is projected to rise from 98% of GDP in 2023 to 118% in 2033. That's an averaging increase of two percentage points per year. So over that period, the growth of interest costs and mandatory spending outpaces the growth of revenue and the economy driving up debt. Those factors persist beyond 2033, pushing federal debt higher still to 195% of GDP in 2053. The CBO also reports the Federal Reserve Bank will begin cutting interest rates by the end of this year as unemployment rises. After 11 days in the spring crop insurance pricing period, corn is averaging 5.95 per bushel. That compares to 5.90 a year ago. Soybeans are at 13.72 per bushel. That's down from last year's 14.33 per bushel. Spring wheat's at 8.93 a bushel, down from 9.19 last year. There's 8 days left in February for the crop insurance data. NDSU is out with its projected crop budgets for 2023. Red River Farm Network Farm Broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. The 2023 projected crop profits vary by region and crop. NDSU Extension Farm Management Specialist Ron Haugen says according to their budgets, farmers should make a decent profit across most crops. We kind of wonder how things are uh, turn out when we get all our numbers plugged in. So this year things look it look like there could be profits in most uh, in most regions and most crops. There's a few crops that are negative, but generally they they look very good. You know we all know that the commodity prices are real high, so that helps a lot uh, when you figure the bottom line. We also have very high input cost as well, so that erodes the profit some as well. Well, as most people know that follow these budgets, we we break the state down into nine different regions. So then we do almost 15 plus crops, 15 plus budgets. Haugen says expenses for the upcoming year are more certain, so calculating budgets should be easier.
as compared to last year now, because last year was 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 a very difficult uh, year for for trying to budget things because things were changing so fast because of that that war that started and the up and the upturn in the in the fuel prices and the fertilizer prices were high and as well as the pesticides. So this year things have 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 have, have uh, not is things aren't quite so volatile. But we still on a, are on a very high level as far as historical or historical cost. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Retail fertilizer prices declined during the first full week in February. DTN's survey of ag retailers said the price of 32% and 28% UAN dropped 11% in the past month. UAN 28 is now $500 per ton, uh, uh, below the $500 per ton level since uh, October of 21. That's the first time. Potash values are now down 7%. Urea declining 5%. This is the Red River Farm Network. Farm news on the Red River Farm Network. Tensions between the United States and China have only increased following the downing of the Chinese spy balloon. There may be a chance to clear the air this weekend when Secretary of State Antony Blinken meets with Chinese diplomatic officials at a security conference in Germany. China is American agriculture's number one customer, and the markets are looking for any hint about the relationship between the two superpowers. In its most recent statement, Mexico says it will continue to ban GMO corn imports for human consumption, but allow GMO corn for feed and fuel use. Van On and Company market analyst Steve Witt wonders how this recent position is any different. They they kept in place their ban. Um, it, it's it's still the plan, I believe, for feed use coming into 2024. But they made the white corn or the the GMO corn for human use here uh, immediately, and they said they were going to go into South America. But South America, Brazil, and Argentina said, "Well, we grow the same thing as the U.S., so sorry, we can't help you either." So I really don't know what the end game is here. Wit says U.S. corn uh, would be uh, much more competitive into Mexico than South American corn. Yeah, logistically alone, yeah, absolutely it would be. And I don't know, it, they have less regulation as far as chemical use and things like that down there. So it seemed like a more risky endeavor to go to South America in the first place. NDSU Extension Beef Cattle Specialist Zach Carlson says the back-and-forth weather could mean more respiratory issues in calves. You know, the classical, right, pneumonia case of, of, of kind of that, that uh, roller coaster um, definitely will stimulate right respiratory issues within our younger animals in particular, right, calves and stalkers or backgrounding calves. Carlson reminds producers to ensure there's dry bedding and adequate feed. When animals are wet, that's a whole different um, deal. So when, when animals are cold but dry, uh, they can handle um, the environment fairly well. Now, we still have to be cognizant in, in those energy demands and meeting those as best we can in those really cold temperatures. Animal agriculture in North Dakota is a hot topic. With more on that, here's Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman. North Dakota pig farmer Scott German was part of a panel discussing the animal agriculture industry in the state at the Northern Corn and Soybean Expo. German says when considering expanding or diversifying into the realm of livestock, it's important to consider your motivation. So I think the first thing you need to do is you need to ask yourself, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to get your son or daughter to come back to farm? 
or maybe you're just trying to, you know, find a market for your corn or soybeans, you know, add value to them. You know, if, if you're trying to get your son or daughter to come back, you know, maybe you do uh, like I did when I started is we, we were a contract finisher where somebody owned the pigs, somebody supplied the feed. We just supplied the buildings and the labor. Uh, if you're, you know, looking to uh, add value to your corn or soybeans, you know, then maybe you want to own the pigs so you can feed your own corn and soybeans to them. German also says there are specific draws giving North Dakota great potential to expand its livestock sector, including biosecurity, especially for pigs and poultry, and feed prices. The culture around raising livestock will also have to evolve. I think biosecurity is number one. We have cheap feed relative to the Iowas and southern Minnesotas of the world. You, know, you take a look at our basis levels, we're typically 10 to 20 cents on corn and you know, 30 to 40 cents on, on beans. Our permitting process, the, the Department of Health is not the bad guy. They're, they're not out to get you. There's some rules to follow, and, and North Dakota really has some pretty, pretty lenient rules to follow when you compare it to some of the things going on in Iowa and southern Minnesota. So. There's plenty of potential and opportunities. Uh, we just have to get that cultural mindset that, you know, animal egg is good. German says working with organizations such as the North Dakota Livestock Alliance when considering new animal egg ventures is a great tool available to help navigate the process. Reporting agriculture's business on the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. Summit Carbon Solutions has secured easements to build its pipeline on two-thirds of its proposed route in Iowa. The company released that information to Iowa legislators. The pipeline will take carbon from ethanol plants in five states, which will then be stored underground in western North Dakota. In North Dakota, the Public Utilities Commission has scheduled four public hearings regarding the Summit Carbon Solutions project. Uh, those are all coming up this spring. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. A1 Development Solutions Managing Partner Ty Eschenbaum says there has been a pull for animal agriculture in North Dakota for years, but there's also a push from other areas of the country. We feel like North Dakota for a long time has had the pull, right? The land, uh, the acres that could use the nutrients, uh, the, the, the poor basis can, compared to what we see in high, uh, heavy livestock areas. Um, you know, always kind of had the pull. The push is coming in the form of, um, you know, legislation and policies and, and, and cultural things on the coast uh, that are uh, pushing animal ag out. Family legacies may have another place to establish new operations. These families that have been farming in California or Oregon or Washington, you know, we've seen uh, a lot of them relocate to South Dakota and Iowa and Nebraska. And I think they'll be looking at North Dakota as a place that their next generation, their, uh, their kids coming out of college uh, can set up a, a dairy operation or a sow farm uh, because we have the resources here to be able for them to continue their family legacy of being in agriculture. The American agriculture sec uh, sector boasted its best export year ever in 2022, exports totaling $196 billion. USDA Undersecretary Alexis Taylor says trade missions are critical for building those exports. First, it helps build the bridge to relationships, and trading is still very much about relationships. Um, buyers, connecting buyers and sellers with products that we have and uh, products that they want. 
So I do think in partnership with industry, they help strengthen the ties and strengthen our economic ties um, as we continue to look for new diversified markets. CF Industries reporting quarterly profits of $860 million, up from $705 million in the same quarter last year. The fertilizer company said strong farm income and tight nitrogen supplies helped its bottom line. Checking markets, we have Minneapolis wheat three and a half higher for the March contract at $9.28 and a quarter. We're a nickel higher for July. Chicago wheat for March down five and three quarter cents, and hard red winter wheat March down a half penny. March corn, two cents lower, 674 and a quarter. New crop down two cents. Soybeans for March down two at 1523 and three quarters. November new crop beans at 1373 and three quarters. It's down one and a quarter cents. So we check in on the farm calendar. The International Crop Expo is next week, Wednesday and Thursday at the Alera Center in Grand Forks. There are speakers. Uh, they have a keynote with Rob Sharkey, the shark farmer. Uh, that's Wednesday of next week, talking about navigating uncertainty. And on Thursday, one week from today, Grand Farm Director Brian Carroll will be uh, leading that session. Of course, there's workout, uh, a workshop session, seminars from all the different uh, crops, soybeans, dry beans, potatoes, small grains going on each day. That's the International Crop Expo next week in Grand Forks, Wednesday and Thursday. Have yourself a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.